on everybody on your feet, hands together, clap your hands. Father, we thank you for such a great salvation. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for his perfect life, his death on the cross, his blood shed for us, all of that past, present, future forgiveness, and then the triumphant victory over death, the empty tomb. God, we give you great glory. Heaven found us. Heaven found me. Thank you, God. I thank you that one of the one of the cultural things about this church, this body, is that we have not gotten over getting saved. And I pray that you would restore to us the joy of our salvation today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I thank you, God, for the privilege to partner with you in prayer. Everyone in this moment, every campus, everyone watching online, let's continue in a moment of prayer just for a moment. I feel this impression from the Spirit, an opportunity for us as a church to partner with heaven in the bringing of peace to the earth. So would you join me for just a moment in prayer as we focus asking God to bring peace to Eastern Europe specifically, the possibility of conflict between Russia and Ukraine looms there, the consequences of that, which could be global. Let's pray for just a moment, and in the quiet of this, would you just offer some intercession and ask God to step in the middle? Do that for just a, a couple of seconds. Abba, Father, you say that surely the, your scripture says that surely the wrath of man will praise you. And so we as one church, one collective body agree together and we say, Jesus, like you did to that storm, we say together, peace be still. And we ask that in the place of conflict that there would be worship. That in the place of conflict, the gospel would spread like wildfire. That in the place of conflict and aggression, there would be revival and awakening. Glorify your name, God, and let us see it with our own eyes so we might glorify you. Let the nations be glad. We lift up this corporate prayer of intercession for the world to you now, trusting your power. Thank you, God. Create faith in our hearts now as we hear your word, King Jesus. It's in your name and for your glory we pray. Everybody said, amen. You guys can have a seat. Welcome, welcome, everyone. My name is Lee McDermott. I'm one of the pastors here. It is an honor to be able to share with you guys today week four of our opening series to 2022, Desperate. We have been cultivating this sense of desperation for God using this, this definition of desperation. Desperation is the awareness of our absolute need for God. That's what we've been talking about these last four weeks. I'm so grateful for the messages that Meredith and Brad and Dan have brought to be able to help cultivate this in each one of us. And why would we need desperation in the first place? I'm just going to tell you guys right now, I don't always think positive thoughts when I think about being desperate for something. You know what I mean? That's kind of an uncomfortable emotion to be able to deal with. But when you think about being desperate for God, it really kind of turns us on its head because desperation for God is the key to the deepest 
levels, the deepest wells of satisfaction, happiness, purposefulness that any human being can lay hold to. In the beginning, we were all made for God. And in the end, we will be forever with him. (coughs) Excuse me. So this desperation that we're able to cultivate in between the gardens, so to speak, now, is the key to our ability to lay hold of all of the abundant life that Jesus has promised for us. That's why we've been delivering this to you this first month of the year. And so I hope to continue that today. Thank you also to everyone who has been with us for 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's been such an amazing three weeks, and I believe that the seeds planted through these last three weeks are going to bear abundant fruit through the end of the year. Y'all come back tonight for our night of worship, 5 p.m. every campus. You do not want to miss. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And then next week, we start our series called Everyday Church. The vision of our church is that we might see everyone everywhere in an everyday relationship with Jesus. And so next week, we start our journey into unpacking that. I really feel like it's going to be something uh, catalytic, (coughs) both for you and your family and for our church through the year. So don't miss a week of that. Well, you guys, we want to continue today. If you're taking notes, I would love for you to join me in that. Pull out your phone or just a journal or something else like that that you can take some notes. I, you know, I have a few things that I'd love for you to write down just so you can pray about them later. But also, I know that God is here and he wants to speak to you today. And so I just want to invite you to take notes on the Holy Spirit today. Because there may be some things that he prompts that I don't even say or, you know, just some thoughts that come into your mind that you're just going to want to keep for later. Because I just believe with my whole heart no one's here by accident today. That maybe you found your way to whatever seat that you're in on whatever campus that you're on or watching online. And this is what I know about God. He enjoys to speak to his people. And he, I think, has a word for everybody here today. And so that's what, that's what my hope is. So what I, what I hope to do is to, is to lay out a roadmap for how we can sustain desperation for God, not just for this year, but for a lifetime. So if you're taking notes, I want you to put this title at the top, 2022, a year of desperation. 2022, a year of desperation. Riley Cummings, you're, a, you're, a, you're just a treasure to me, a gift. Thank you very much for this bottle of water right here. This is amazing. Um, so 2022, a year of desperation. And uh, so as we, as we get into to our time together today, I want to lay out Psalm 84 as a roadmap for desperation. So if you want to go ahead and pull your Bible out or, you know, pull that up uh, on your phone, Psalm 84 is going to be where we are today. So let me pray for us. I'm just going to use Psalm 84 as our prayer as we begin today. So would you pray this Psalm with me? If you want to look at it, Uh, While I pray it, uh, that would be awesome. So let's pray together. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield. 
O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let me talk to you a little bit about my relationship with Psalm 84 before we unpack it verse by verse. Years ago when I was in my 20s, I I came across Psalm 84 verse 10 and it kind of leapt off the page at me. This is the verse that says, for a better, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now at that point in my life with Jesus, I had just tasted the fact that Jesus is better than anything. Jesus is the best of all his gifts better than any career, better than any fulfillment in a relationship that I could possibly discover. Jesus himself in a relationship with Jesus was the absolute treasure of treasures. This is what I discovered. And I realized that being just the doorkeeper in God's house, like, hey, come on in. He's right in here. Get all you want. Like that was going to be the thing that, that came to define my life. This kind of became a life verse for me. And some dots connected for me later When I read John chapter 1, really in this one little story about John the Baptist. So if you're taking notes, you can write down John chapter 1. I want you guys to check this out later so you, you know, don't take my word for it. But there's this moment where John is coming on the scene. Remember John the Baptist, camel hair, locusts and honey, think Clayton King, kind of like man of the woods situation with, you know, the gospel in his mouth. You know what I mean? This is John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist comes on the scene. He's baptizing, creating a huge scene in Israel. And so all the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they come out to him and they say, hey, hey, who are you? Who do you think you are? Where do you get this authority? Now, this is a trick question, everybody, because John was of the priestly family. Remember the Christmas story, Zechariah and Elizabeth. These were John's parents. They were high, this was a high priestly family. So when the Pharisees and the religious leaders come out, they know who John is. They know his family. They know where he's from. So John, when they say, who are you? Who do you think you are? John does not say, my name is John, son of Zechariah, which would have been the right thing to say. What John says is, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. When they say, who do you think you are? John says, I am Isaiah 40, verse 3. Psalm 84 has become to me that level of thing. If somebody, if you were to come up to me and really press in and ask me what I'm about, I would be able to say back to you, this is who I am, Psalm 84. And I really believe today that God wants to mark you with his word today. He wants to give you a name from the scriptures today. He may even want to set a course for your life through some scriptures that you could use as a compass, as a map perhaps, to make decisions by all the days of your life. This was, this was true for Jesus' life as well. If you read Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the, broke, the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. If you look in Luke chapter 4, Jesus shows up on the scene, reads that, and then sits down and says, Today, Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The Jesus had this life verse, and it defined him. He brought it forward when people said, Who do you think you are? Christian, let me tell you. At some point... They might come to you and say, who do you think you are? 
And God wants to arm you, equip you, fuel you with the wonderful faith-creating power of his word so that you might truly know who you are. If you've ever struggled with your identity, you don't know exactly why you're here on earth, let me just tell you, God may want to tell you today. He wants to name you from his word. This is fuel for your lifelong desperation for God. So let's lean into this. Every single one of these verses in Psalm 84, I believe, is a roadmap to help us really cultivate a a personal, everyday desperation for God. Are you ready? Say amen. Come on, y'all. All right. Point number one, if you're taking notes, desperation begins with delight. Desperation begins with delight. Now, here's the thing. Desperation that's born out of crisis is cheap. Desperation born out of crisis is here today, gone tomorrow. I can remember years ago when 9-11 happened, the following Sunday at New Spring Church was our biggest Sunday in attendance ever. The week following, it was back down to normal attendance. Desperation from crisis is here today, gone tomorrow. And my personal fear about our church is that one day when things you know, sort of return to a season of blessing and abundance, the danger is for us Christians that we might forget God and not be desperate for him because all of a sudden we feel like everything is fine and, we don't, and we're comfortable again. But listen, guys, I just want to tell you. Remember how I told you desperation for God is a key to true happiness. It's a key to true fulfillment. It's what you were made for. Real desperation that lasts a lifetime begins with delight. Let's look at the scriptures and, and let me show you where the, the psalmist uh, models this. He says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. He looks at where God dwells and he's like, wow, this place is incredible. Absolutely, this place is totally lovely, totally beautiful, totally desirable. This is everywhere that I want to be. He looks at the marble and the, and the golden doors and everything else like that and sees this is the presence of God. This is everywhere I want to be. I want to be here. And now think about the trick for that. For those of us who are in the New Testament post the cross kind of a situation, the beautiful thing that Jesus did for us is 1 Corinthians tells us, we now, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're in Jesus, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now you have God dwelling in you, this, this amazing kind of relationship so that, I mean, newsflash, brothers and sisters, you can look in the mirror and say this, how lovely this, this lovely dwelling place of God. Listen, my sisters, I think this verse kind of basically says that you don't have permission to look in the mirror and call what you see they're ugly anymore. My brothers... You don't have permission anymore to look in the mirror and to think that what you see is stupid and worthless. How lovely is the dwelling place of God. Let's just agree together to agree with the word of God going forward. This delight continues. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Think about the footage of the old Beatles concerts when somebody's screaming so loud they pass out. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. This is the Buddy the Elf moment. All right, kids, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! You know, this is like that level of excitement. You know what I mean? It's not fainting from, oh, God, I'm so desperate to get to God's house. It's like, I'm freaking out. God is here. 
This is the level of delight that this guy is, is feeling at this moment. And for any of you who have ever had this kind of encounter with God, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, wow, I feel like heaven and earth have like totally passed away and I'm, I'm being transported somehow. And listen, if you haven't tasted that, come join us tonight, 5 p.m. night of worship. This may be your moment. So look at it as it continues. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars. O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. He looks around and he says, look, at even these bird nests that get up there. Why can't I build a home right here next to God, Lord? And, and the image of these birds, it's like the nation's coming. It's like, you know, no matter what your race, your, gen, you know, like your gender, your socioeconomic status, you are welcome to be near God. This desperation for God begins with not crisis, but delight, delight in God. This last line, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. This word blessed is the Hebrew word asher. It means happy. Happy are those who dwell with God, ever singing your praise. There's a connection between happiness and singing, you guys. If you find yourself most mornings waking up just totally depressed, filled with anxiety, hop in your car, open up Spotify or Apple Music and put on Heaven Found Me, that song that New Spring Worship just wrote that we, that we sang earlier. Crank that thing up and let the promise of God flow in as you sing. Let the happiness, let the blessedness begin to fill your space. Amen? Desperation begins with delight. Point number two, if you're taking notes, desperation gains power in the desert. Desperation gains power in the desert. Desperation gains power in the desert. Look at this next verse. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in their bank account. Blessed are those, no wait, blessed are those whose strength is in their intellect and career path. No, no, no. Blessed are those whose strength is in their relationship status and their amount of followers on Instagram slash TikTok slash whatever the flavor of the month is. No. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, if you are in Christ, when you gave your life to him, when you got saved, you are basically declaring to the world, I can't do it on my own. I cannot get enough good works together to get up to God. I cannot buy forgiveness somehow. I cannot buy peace of mind. Jesus is it for me. That's the statement when he says blessed, happy, remember? Happy are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. What happens when you get saved? Jesus paves this highway and sets you on it. Clearly, you will never depart from the road straight to him all the way through to eternity. And that map is so deeply written inside each and every one of our hearts that someone else who maybe doesn't know him could look inside and say, wow, I see that you know the way. Would you tell me the way as well? As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Look at, look at this, as they go. Every Christian who's been a Christian for more than just a few years understands that when you get saved, it doesn't preclude you from going through a valley or two. It's not if you're going to go through a valley. It's when 
you're going to go through a valley. As they go through the valley of Baca, valley of Baca, this might have been an actual place, but the idea here of valley of Baca, this would have been dry, dusty, desert valley. This word Baca would have had associations with weeping. So sorrow was clear here in the meaning of the text. As they go through the valley of weeping, dry, dryness, the only moisture in this valley are my own tears. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. What I pick up from this verse is that when I hit that valley, not if, but when I hit that valley, I find the shovel of prayer, Bible, I find the shovel of community, of of the church right there at the ready, and I don't just lay down or back out of the valley. I go forward and I dig deep because I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, am a person of prayer. You are a person of prayer. You are a person of perseverance because of what Jesus has done in you. And we dig deep together to find a well of living water right there. And we make the dry valley a place of springs. If you are in Christ, you have that power living in you. And look at the next verse. The early rain also covers it with pools. Here comes Jesus himself, the moray, the teacher, flooding the earth with abundant rain. The thing I find is when I hit that dry valley, some of you, when we've hit that valley over the last couple of years, I know some stories in this room how you have dug deep. And the minute your shovel hits the dirt, so to speak, here comes Jesus to bless you and to make up the difference. He is with us, family, when we are in that place in the desert. And our desperation for him grows with strength. Look at this next verse. They go from strength to strength, not weakness to weakness. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. The tail of the tape for every believer will not be, I just barely made it. It will be, look at how he brought me from strength to strength until I finally appeared before him in heaven. Now, all this is big talk, and so that's why it, it, it lands in these moments of prayer, these next two verses. Oh, Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Oh, God of the billions, the hosts of heaven, the angel armies, hear my prayer. Give ear, oh, God, of Jacob. Jacob, the deceiver, the trickster. If you heard him, maybe you'll just hear me too. Behold our shield, oh, God, and look upon the face of your anointed. That's the in Jesus' name moment right there. My shield is Jesus, my anointed Mashiach. That's the Hebrew word Messiah. I am only able to come to God through Jesus Christ. We are only able to come through Jesus. And he empowers our desperation in the desert times. In the times of crisis, find value for us. Because I read somewhere in the scriptures that it says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Every desert has meaning. Every desert has meaning. And it is to empower our deep desperation for God. What we find through these first two movements is the psalmist discovering at the beginning that Jesus is the best of all of his gifts. And then in the second movement of the psalm, we discover that in a time of crisis that Jesus is the best of all his gifts when it really matters. There's a point number three, if you're taking notes here. Desperation purifies desire. It purifies desire and empowers dependence. Purifies desire and empowers dependence. What we found with this, the writer of the song, what I found in my own life is that this desperation that begins with delight, God, you were the best thing ever. I I just love being near you. 
that whole thing that gets purified through the desert, perhaps when things are taken away or when life is difficult, it makes me say here with the psalm writer, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. The penthouse or the poorhouse, it does not matter, God. Wherever you are is better. It's better. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. God, wherever you are, that's where I want to be. I got to confess to you guys. I really, I really have to confess this, that for a lot of my life, I have kind of been a, like a gold digger in my relationship to Jesus. Just wanting a man for his things. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, I'm cool. I want to live my life for your glory as long as I can get a little bit of glory too. And too, many, too often that's how I pray. That's how we pray. When you, when you admit to this, it's too, many, too many times I'm like, okay, God, I'll do whatever you want to do. Just give me X, Y, and Z. But listen, if we, if we have a life that understands that Jesus himself, talking with him, being in relationship with him is the treasure. He is the best of all of his gifts. When we realize that, what we find is all of that other stuff comes along too when it needs to, and it doesn't own our hearts. It doesn't own us. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And look at the benefit of it. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He's the one who provides light and warmth in my life and protects me on all sides, sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Think about favor, preferential treatment. If you are a child of God and you are walking with him, there are going to be many moments in your life where you're like, wow, I feel like I'm God's favorite right now. Can anybody give an amen to that? Listen, this is the benefit of being in relationship with God. When it's all about him, all of a sudden, there are so many things about life that get immediately better for you. Peace, a depth of pleasure and satisfaction in life that you can't find anywhere else. The Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Somebody needs to hear this promise today. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The last two years have been difficult for so many of us, and it may have taught you this lie that God is a taker. Nothing could be further from the truth. God is not a taker. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And before you start beating yourself up for being someone who doesn't necessarily walk up rightly all the time, listen, this is what Jesus came to do for us because we could not do it. Nobody can do it. Jesus came and walked up rightly so you and I would be able to be in him. And then he gives us the power to live a life that we never would be able to any other way. God is not a taker, brothers and sisters. And it's time for you to let go of that old lie and receive the fruitfulness of that promise for your life this year. This, this beautiful psalm ends up this way. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed, happy is the one who trusts in you. O God of the billions, God of the multitudes, blessed is that one who trusts in you. This is a roadmap to maintain desperation, not just for 2022, but for a lifetime. It begins with delight. It grows strong in tough times. It grows strong in the desert. It gains power in the desert. And it purifies our desires and empowers our rich dependence on God. If you ever really want to find your way into a deep, life-sustaining happiness, this is it, you guys. 
There is no other way to be happy than to trust Jesus. Just like that old hymn says, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. He is the best of all his gifts. I really believe that today God wants to name you from the scriptures. He wants to give you some hint at who you really are. And he wants to use that as fuel for your everyday relationship so that you might find a desperation that leads you into the depth of pleasure and fulfillment in life all year long. So I want to give you this everyday relationship tip. I want to challenge everybody here listening today, everybody at every campus, everybody watching online. Ask God today to give you a psalm to memorize. It's the same way that I've hidden Psalm 84 in my heart. Ask him to give you a psalm that you can memorize line by line this year. And what it will be is fuel for your prayer. Just take one line, one verse at a time. Just don't move on to the next verse until you have prayed that one all the way down in, deep into your heart. Ask him to give you that. Ask him to name you from the scriptures. Ask him to give you this psalm. And it may prove to be a guide for you this year that when things are amazing, you were like, oh my gosh, it's right there. I knew you would come through for me. When things are desert, when things go bad, when things are challenging, you can be like, I know, you, I know you're going to come through for me. It's a fuel for your prayer life. I want to give you this. This is going to be a gift that you can take with you for the rest of your days. And parents, hear me. Grandparents, this can be a gift that you give your children. Ask God to give you a word from the word for your children. Ask God to name them and then give that to them. Help them memorize it. And what you will find is if they come home from school one day and then they say, Mom, somebody called me this and that, and you can say, well, no, no, no. Who are you? And make them answer from the scriptures and it will align their hearts with their true identity in God all the days of their life. You guys, I want to close by, by sharing this with you, um, a forecast for what's coming this year. Back in December, we had an all-staff meeting here with our staff at New Spring Church, and we invited Pastor Greg Surratt, who's the founding pastor of Seacoast Church down in Charleston. He's kind of like a spiritual dad to, to so many of us. And he came that day, and he offered to us a prophetic word for 2022. And I felt with all my heart, I want to share this with you guys because I do believe we're going to see the fruit of this this year. Now, if, if you're nervous about a prophetic word, if you're like, I don't know about all that, just let me assure you the word prophecy is in the Bible a lot of times. So it's totally okay. Don't even worry about it. The responsibility that we have is from 1 Thessalonians 5 that says, don't despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what's good. So I want to share this with you because I do believe it's going to play out. And this is God's way of giving us some encouragement and a heads up for what's coming this year. Look at this. In this year, we will experience many blessings. In this year, we'll experience challenges. In this year, our greatest blessings will come through our greatest challenges. In this year, it is not going to be one bad thing after another. God is coming to bless you this year. It is time for you to lift your head up and get some hope going. Come on, guys. God is going to bless you this year. So open your eyes for it so that the minute it hits your house, you can say, thank you. I knew you were going to come through for me, God. And on the other hand, you're going to experience some challenges this year as well. There are going to be some hard times. Things are going to get shaky a little bit in our world. But keep in mind that God is with us. And he is strengthening and empowering your desperation for him when that challenging time 
comes. And then lastly, remember that our greatest blessing, the biggest thing that God may want to do for your good this year, it is going to come through that moment of greatest challenge in your life. Because God wants you to shine in a dark place, brothers and sisters. Listen, God has in mind to bring his promises forward for his church. Zechariah chapter 1 is clear this promise. It says, my cities shall again spread out with prosperity. I believe with my whole heart that that is a word for the cities of God in the world this year. I also believe that promise from Zechariah that says, and I will be to her a fire all around and the glory in her midst. This is a promise for you, my brothers and sisters. It is time for us to lift our heads and to realize that God is coming after us for our good this year. He is blessing you to be a blessing. He is blessing you to be a blessing. When he shows up with overflowing blessing at your house, look around because there are people who need to be touched by that blessing as well. And you're going to get an opportunity to share the gospel with them. These moments are ahead. And you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. Your day-by-day, everyday relationship is all that you need. It's all that you need. You have what it takes for this extraordinary year. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the strange and wonderful ways that you equip us. Would you speak to us now? We need you. In the quiet of this moment, everyone, I want to just ask these two questions. What's God saying to you? And what do you need to do about it? Go ahead and ask him right now to name you from the scriptures. What's that verse that he wants to name you with? What's that psalm that you need to memorize this year? Whatever number comes to your mind, just write it down. Check it out later. What is that? What's God saying? Listen to him speak to you now. just a moment on every campus we're going to have some instrumental music playing and uh, ministry teams I just I would love for you to go ahead and come on down front ministry teams I'm just going to pray here in a moment and I just want to let you know in in every room in every New Spring campus if if the next thing that you need to do is to give your life to Christ it's time for you to come forward as the music plays talk to somebody if you need somebody to pray for you to lay hands on you Maybe you just just tell them, I, I want more. I want more of God this year. Let them lay hands on you and bless you with more. Some of you, you might need to just come down front and kneel at the altar and just get some things right with God because this year is going to be unlike any other and he wants to bless you. Go ahead and get it right. So I'm going to pray. And when I pray, would you come? Would you move? Would you take some action as a step of faith? And let's move into this everyday life of desperation with God together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. You were so rich and generous to us. Would you speak to us now? Would you touch us? Would you move in us, Holy Spirit, so that we might not leave here the same? Thank you. 
bless your name, Jesus. Amen. Would you come? Would you come now? Every campus, would you come?